Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And on this episode of the podcast, it's kind of a bit of a follow-up, wouldn't you say, John? A little bit there? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a follow-up. Yeah, um, a few weeks ago, uh, I forget how far back, but a few weeks back, we released an episode talking about how excited we were for the new edition of Kill Team. Because John and I had played it when it first released a few years ago, and we really liked the premise. And uh, in the end, the game just had some fundamental problems that made it a little less fun for us. But we had some high hopes and uh, some specific requests for the new edition. And now, the new edition is out, the box set is here, and we thought we'd come back to give our thoughts on exactly how we think it went... And uh, whether we think, well, I shouldn't say whether we think you should buy it, but whether we would recommend it if y'all out there are just a little on the fence on whether it's worth your hard-earned money. Yeah, there's a lot of discourse around the new Kill Team. We figured we'd throw our hats into the ring for this one and give some opinions. Yeah, yeah, I find that the discourse is kind of swinging in two different directions. One, that, you know, it is divine intervention and cannot not have been made by human hands, and another essentially saying it was spawned from hell uh, and i'm not sure we're gonna jump on either side of those spectrums but uh we'll at least try to be honest with y'all because uh you know you come here to listen to our opinions for some reason so we're gonna try to give them to you as calmly and as reasonably as we can and hopefully have a couple of chuckles along the way and speaking of chuckles hobby time and games played John, um, this is normally where we put hobby progress in games played, but, uh, John, we have a problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, what problem is that? We have a, a, a logistical problem. I work in logistics. All right, John, well, fix this for me. Uh, I am moving, you are moving, and our editor Seth is moving all in the month of September. Cycle and count it. I, I don't think cycle counting is going to fix that problem. And, you know, we, we have to upload hobby progresses for multiple videos before we move. Because, you know, we won't have internet to do what we have to do for a little while. Recount. Hmm. Okay, and also, how about the fact that uh, our editor won't be able to edit videos in that time, even if we do get him hobby progresses? Okay, I'm starting to see the problem here. Yes, yes. It's a multi-layer <laughs> problem. <laughs> Multi-dimensional problem. It is. It is. So, folks, uh, that's not just a bit, that's the truth. Uh, as we are recording this, uh, we have realized that the house that I just closed on and the house that John's about to close on uh, both fall in September, and we're both going to move in the first two weeks of September. And then our editor, Seth, is moving the third week of September. So it does leave us with a bit of a pickle. Now... Uh, we we saw this problem coming from a little while away, so we have put in a big effort to 
upload some backlog videos uh, and kind of have a couple sitting out there ready to go. However, the thing we can't necessarily record in advance very easily is hobby progresses and games played. Uh, just because of the nature of how they are, they're kind of sequential. And normally, if we are pulling a backlog video to put it up for a weekend for y'all to listen to, we take some time during the week to record a hop what we've been working on so that y'all can keep up to date with, you know, what John and I are doing and hopefully it kind of spurs on your hobby progress as well. Or in my experience, what we're not working on because we haven't been working on a lot of stuff recently. Uh, because of the aforementioned house th stuff. <laughs> yeah, it does make it a little difficult to hobby when your hobby stuff is all in boxes. So, to alleviate some of this problem, we have come up with a clever, clever solution that we hope y'all will cut us a little bit of slack on. So, this past weekend, at the time that we're recording this, John and I got together with some friends to have a game of palooza for our bud Tanner's, Tanner's birthday, by the way. Happy birthday. Um, and we played three games in one day, and one of which was colossal, each with their own narrative that kind of made an evolving narrative as we went along, and it was real fun. So what we think we can do in the coming weeks is to break down those games, and we will spread them out to get our three hobby progresses that we need while we're moving and stuff. If y'all wouldn't mind. And, and we'll, we'll break down the narrative of what we crafted as well. And, you know, give you kind of a, a full experience. Almost like miniature battle reports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost like a play-by-play. -play. Um, you know, minus all of the waiting around. And that way, y'all can hear what we've been up to. And also, it buys us a little time to move our families into the new places. And, uh, you know, unpack and hook up computers and get internet. And... This way, y'all won't even notice that we were gone, because you'll still be getting episodes. And the only piece you'll really be missing is exactly what we've been painting, but don't worry, we're unpacking, and we're painting anyway. Yeah, it's going to be a bit before we start packing, because we got other stuff. I mean, Joe, you'll be painting, you'll be painting a house, though. I will. Uh, literally, I just got back from Home Depot and dropped like $200 on painting supplies. Nice. Yeah, I, I will be painting... Uh, big, big thing rather than tiny things. Don't forget um, to edge highlight, like the trim. Oh my god, I'm gonna need so much friggin' null oil. It's asinine, John. Um, Your wife is gonna kill you if you just <laughs> dump null oil into the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, she will, and that's fair. Uh, she's probably gonna kill me because she knows how expensive null oil is, but... Uh, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, go ahead. Joe, tell yourself that. Tell yourself that your wife is going to be bad at you because of the cost of the shade paint you, you, you got. And not that you just dumped a bunch of brown shade in her kitchen. <laughs> hey, she dumps shade in her kitchen all the time. Bazinga. That's a different, different kind of shade. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I, I will definitely be painting. And I'll tell y'all about it um, when I am back. But in the meantime, uh, we can tell you what we've been doing for, you know, the past week in terms of the hobby. I guess I'll start. Uh, for me, I mean, quite literally, all of my hobby stuff is in boxes. Um, I, I don't have access to a single paintbrush or paint. They are all packed away and ready to go for the move. Because we move in just a, hell, a couple of days now. Um, so there was really no way that I could leave them out. 
so I can't really hobby. Um, follow up on a previous episode, though, I have been doing some reading, and not on Warhammer, but uh, we talked about uh, dragons and how damn cool they are in our episode titled. Dragons are so damn cool. And one of the things we talked about there a whole lot was the book series Aragon, and how it, it made dragons super freaking awesome. And uh, I've been rereading it. Been devouring that book. Uh, so I, I have been getting my dragon hype of flowing. I have. Um, I'm still not going to have riders on my dragons, but, you know, what can you do? Yeah. I mean, that's about it. Um, I, too, have not done a lot of actual hobby hobby. Um, the closest I've gotten to is I've done a lot of like research recently on like new games and what new games I want to try and maybe Joe will try with me. Maybe I'll try with some of the friends and looking into like which ones we'll do and stuff we'll cover on the show. Uh, if any of this is interesting to you, please let us know. I believe I've said this before. Um, looking into Battletech, looking into Conquest, The Last Argument of Kings, which I'll probably Big fan play. of that one. Yeah, I'll probably play the the Hundred Kingdoms, you know, look like a bunch of Witcher guys. Um, Infinity, where I'll probably play Nomads, you know, the flotilla of space anarchists and uh, unions. Yeah, I'll definitely play Ariadna, because, you know, space werewolves. Yeah, space werewolves um, that aren't space wolves. Yes. Um, looking into a couple different Kickstarter games, which is the other thing I'm going to ask for you from you listeners. If you know of any cool Kickstarter games... Shoot them my way. Um, I'm curious. I'm wanting to look into like new and interesting game systems, looking into Malifaux, all uh, sorts of stuff. Love Malifaux. I, I have actually played that one. It's incredible. Uh, I actually even bought a gang of Malifaux after I played it at Gen Con. Uh, I was talking to the... Well, like I played the demo, which we had scheduled. It was really fun. I went over to the booth and I was kind of talking to one of the fellers there about... Uh, what kind of forces they had. And he was giving me the spiel of, I guess, the more popular ones. And uh, he was talking about how there was some, like, magic cowboys, and that was cool. And uh, he mentioned that there were some, like, crazy otherworldly monsters. That was cool. And he mentioned there were some sort of, like, spiritualistic monks, sort of uh, Shaolin Kung Fu style. Like, that was cool. And then he mentioned that there are swamp goblins and then moved on to something else. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Did you say there are redneck swamp goblins in this game? Uh, and sure shit, there was. And uh, one of them swamp goblin gangs is just a swamp goblin who is like an old goblin peepaw who loves hogs and wild boars. And that's his entire gang is him and his wild boars. Goblin. And, uh, John, he, <laughs> goblin John, peepaw and his fat hog. Yes, yeah, he actually does. There's one hog that is bigger than all the others that is his prized hog, and she has a blue ribbon. It's amazing. She is, he does, Peepaw has a fat hog. <laughs> 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 uh, so I bought that box instantly, John, instantly. I didn't even know what happened. I blinked and I was at the counter. Um, so I do have a Malifaux game and some cards if you're squirrely to try. Yeah, I'm it's it's particularly my flavor of uh old west gothic horror with oh, yeah, it's, Lovecraft it's like, nightmare. Yeah, it's weird west. Uh Yeah, it's it's my it's my jam. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at new games, really excited about that. Been reading MechWarrior books and also still reading Imperial Guard books and and also still reading 
fantasy and a couple other things I'm reading. I read a lot. Like I got a lot of reading I've been doing. Just inhaling books. Yeah. Well, I have this problem where I can't just read the same thing every night. Like I have to mix it up. I feel that. I feel that. I, I sometimes am reading a thing and I feel like my gas tank for that book hit E and I'm like, oh, well, that was fun. Toss it aside. Grab another one. And then come back to it in two days. Yeah. Or two months. Forget where you're at. Start yeah. over. This is how normal brains work, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought so. My wife says that's not the case. Well. That's fun. Unfortunately, that's all I really have this week for all of you. Uh, Joe, it sounds like you're in a similar boat. I apologize am. for not having more for all of you. Uh, we hope that you enjoy the episode. Yeah. We hope um, you enjoy the episodes to come. Yeah, I do sincerely apologize for not being able to hobby for y'all, but, uh, you know, life happens. And uh, I think once we move, both of us will have a lot more hobby space. And uh, y'all, we're going to come back with a vengeance. So hang on to your butts. And if you really end up liking what we're doing for the next couple of weeks with like these breakdowns, including like, a narrative breakdown of what we're telling ourselves while playing these games, let us know. Maybe we can do more of it in the future. Uh, maybe those can be their own episodes or something like that. Who knows? Oh, yeah. We're always open for uh, new content. So if y'all are into it, let us know. And now, on to Kill Team. All right, John. Kill Team. I guess yeah. when we have this conversation, we can't just assume that everybody listened to the last Kill Team episode. So very quickly, give me the quick pitch. What is Kill Team? So, Kill Team is a small skirmish game with, like, fewer than 20 models on the table on a smaller board table for 40k, in which you have small squads fighting other small squads in, like, close quarters combat. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, it is much quicker than a normal 40k game. It is also cheaper to get into. Kind of. We'll discuss it later. Yeah, yeah. And that's, like, the elevator pitch. It sounds very fun. It's always been an alluring, like, concept in, like, the 40k fan base. A lot of the novels are kind of built in small squads. You don't really see, like, characters are small characters. They're not whole armies fighting one another. Uh, And that's fun and cool. But Kill Team has the potential to be a very fun and engaging format for playing the game and telling stories in this universe. Yeah, because, I mean, let's be honest. uh, You know, John and I have dabbled in writing stuff. And it is hard to necessarily show the perspective of a full army and, you know, tell you everyone's thoughts on the field and what's going on with all of them at all locations, at all times. It's just very hard. However, it is easier to kind of tell a story around a squad of like five people. That's doable. And it's really compelling. And a lot of the stories that we've enjoyed over the years, both in Warhammer and outside of Warhammer, whether that be like... Band of Brothers, Saving Private Ryan, Hacksaw Ridge, like even real life war movies, they're done in, you know, around small squads. It's just compelling. And I think that definitely is a thing that is considered when people get into Kill Team. So it's kind of alluring that way. So you can have your own little Tom Clancy sort of novel that you're making with your characters. Uh, But also, usually it is quite cheap. I mean, John mentioned that quickly, but 
That is oftentimes what made Kill Team such an effective gateway game, is that it cost very little to get in. Depending on the army you played, a full force might be like two models if you're playing Custodes. And to only have to buy a single box to play this game is a much easier ask than telling someone they need to spend 600 on an army. So I think it filled a niche both conceptually and practically in the Games Workshop line. And in the first edition, as I mentioned earlier, there were some problems that we didn't notice at first until we had played a while. But after we had played a whole lot of games, we kind of started to see some cracks in the facade. Um, the injury system was really, really unsatisfying and odd. And just the way you wounded people was also odd. There were a bunch of stacking negatives to hit, which meant a lot of times you were rolling a bunch of dice to do absolutely nothing. And the morale system also could just shatter your entire force in no time. It was just swingy and weird. Um, so John and I kind of set down the dice, and we didn't play Kill Team for a while. And now, though, the new edition is here. Kill Team 2nd Edition. And it's got a whole new core book, and it's got a box set that's dropping with it, where you could get a unit of uh, Krieg Veteran Guardsmen, and uh, a big squad of, uh, what did they call the orcs? Commandos. Commandos, yeah. Um, I mean, I was, I was going to call them orc partisans, but, you know, two on the nose. Um, yeah, so it's got its own big release hype around it. And, well, there are some issues. But yes. first, I think we should talk about what it does right. Because I don't want to, you know, dive right into the bad. So, John... What do you like about the new edition of Kill Team? Because we did have some specific hopes for the new edition, and I think this hit a few of them. So my first thing, and probably my favorite thing that they do, right, is that the wound system is completely changed. It's no longer the old, like, roll a bunch of dice and not a lot of happens, and, like, it kind of just feels too bookkeeping. Oh, yeah. Like, that's gone away, and now it's just pools of wounds with interesting, like, weapon profile changes. Uh and overall, like the game as a whole, is less like 40k light and more completely its own game. Yeah, uh, I think it kind of stands on its own a little more now. Whereas before, it really was just like playing worse 40k. And no one wants to feel like they're playing a worse version of something else. You want to feel like you're playing this unique, interesting thing. Uh, and I know people have said like, oh, it's just Warcry with guns. But like, yeah, man, that's what makes it cool. Warcry was awesome. The rules base was great. It's violent, it's fast, it's super efficient, and it's bloody good fun to play. Um, so the fact that they were inspired by those rules and just kind of deep into them, I think is a big plus rather than any sort of negative to throw its way. Yeah, like the core rules for the new edition of Kill Team are very cool and interesting, like very exciting to say the least. Like, the action system is different now. Like, yeah. individuals can take multiple actions. Yeah, which uh, I think is one of the my favorite parts. It's not my favorite change, but it is one of them. That, like, now some troops just get more actions to represent how badass they are. So, you know, if you're, like, a regular guardsman, 
you get two activations. Normally that means like I move and I shoot, or I move and I get an objective, or I move and duck and cover. However, if you are a space marine, you get like three actions because you're just faster, you're more physical. Or if you're a custodian guard, you get four actions. I can move, shoot, kill you in melee, and do an action all in the blink of an eye. And that's just so crunchy and cool. I think it's great. Yeah, it's, it's very, very good. Um, like, it feels more punchy as a system. Like, it feels more action movie-like. Mm -hmm. It does. Uh, and I'm a big fan of anything that makes big, uh, sort of flashy fights in my head come to life. Uh, but I think for me, my favorite change is they took all of those horrendous stacking negatives to hit, and they threw them out the window. <laughs> Thank God. Um... Because in the original kill team, you would roll a bunch of dice, and sometimes even your super soldier who has like a computer in his brain and is cyber-linked to his gun to hit very easily and super well and has been a badass for 600 years would go from like hitting on threes to hitting on sixes only. And then you would roll your dice and nothing would happen. And then your opponent would go to roll their dice and now they're hitting on sixes also. So they roll their dice, nothing happened again. And like... You were having pool noodle fights back and forth, and nobody wants that. That's not satisfying. But now, those stacking negatives are gone. Which subtly makes the game much more violent. And so that means ranged combat is more deadly. But also, they overhauled the melee system to where it is kind of like a duel now. Um, in old kill team... It worked how it does in 40k. You know, I make my attacks. I hit on threes. Okay, cool. I wound on fours. Okay, cool. Roll your armor saves. Here, though, it is assumed that in melee combat, all soldiers are smart enough to go for the weak points in the opponent's armor. So when we go to do melee against each other, I'm not just rolling against your armor saves. We're trying to parry one another. We're trying to stun one another. We're trying to lock each other up and get the killing blow. So you're not just like rolling your dice and hoping to get through their armor. You are actively rolling against your opponent. And they're using their hit like saves to cancel out your hits. And you're using crits to cancel their saves. It's just really, really violent. And I love that. That's the whole point of this system. Yeah, It sounds much more engaging and almost like a mini game within the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it makes some units particularly terrifying. Um, for example, again, custodies. They have four actions per turn. So it is very easy for them to make a big move, fire with their much more deadly shooting, kill somebody, make a charge, and then melee somebody, and then get ran through on their power spear and die. And all of a sudden, you have this the Ludo narrative dissonance from before is gone. You're simply going, oh my God, that custody is scary. And that, yeah, they should be. You know, big Tyranid warriors should be scary. Space Marines should be scary. Uh, demons and stuff should be scary. Um, and these changes make that so. And I'm huge fan of that. Huge fan. Yeah. 
And the two factions that come out in the box, the Orc Commandos and Veteran Guardsmen, are full of very narrative and flavorful rules. Like, they, they are very, very good. It's almost like they made individual data sheets for things that did, don't really exist within a squad in regular 40k. Because, like, a Guardsman squad's a Guardsman squad. You don't have, like, individual roles within that squad that have their own data sheets. And you do for Veteran Guardsmen now. You do for Commandos. And that's very good. That's very fun. That's very engaging. And it makes all your guys feel unique and singular. Almost like they're mini characters. Other than just being yeah. like background NPCs. It's very similar to something like Infinity. Mm-hmm. Right? Or like uh, Old Warmer Hordes. Where like individual things are do individual stuff. And it's not a big army fighting. It's individual like smaller scale stuff. Yeah, it makes every single person on the field feel like they matter a little more. And I love that. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I cannot wait to see more factions get that treatment. Like, I want to see what they do with Tau. I want to see what they do with Kroot. I want to see what they do with, like, Tyranids and Gene Sealer Colts. Like, especially if they're more, like, narrative-focused kill teams. Like, imagine Billy the Kid from Gene Sealer Colts with the, the guy with, like, three guns. Oh, yeah, the big iron on his hip and his other hip yeah. and his shoulder blade. With an, yeah, 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 yeah. With an entire squad of, like, other bandits like bandit gene sealer cult they're all rolling together the banditos that'd be great yes be fantastic or like a um a tau fire warrior team where each of them is like a different fire warrior with their own weapon and they've got maybe one's got a rail rifle another one's got a, a you know pulse blaster stuff like that like that's that's great that's awesome yeah i uh i would love to see other armies get the same treatment but i think this is where we have to get into the bad. Um, because there are a lot of people out there kind of on the fence on whether they sh- should get this game. And uh, for us, we've kind of looked at it. And I think overall, John and I are of the same mind that despite those, like the handful of really good things we just said, y'all, we don't recommend you get this. At least not yet. Um... Because those two forces that were in the box do feel incredible. They're fleshed out, yeah. they're unique, they're flavorful, they're fun, and you have all sorts of uh, creative goofs you can have on the tabletop with them. But those are only two forces out of a game that is packed with other forces. There's like 20-something factions for Kill Team. Yeah, and those other forces, they feel bad, real rough. Um, yeah. And I think that's due to how they chose to release this game. So I will, I guess we should say how the last edition worked just to compare how shitty this current release is. Um, in the first edition, what made Kill Team great is that it was easily recommended to people because like we mentioned earlier, it was cheap. The core rulebook was 40 bucks and that's all you needed to play. All of the actual rules for you to do what you need to do is right there. All of your army rules are in there. Your, you know, army cards and the stats, they're right there in the book. It's all self-contained for a cheap $40 price. And you're off to the races. Now, though, if you just want the core rulebook, which is smaller than the last core rulebook, it's 50 bucks. 50 bucks. And that's just core rules. For a paperback, tiny book. And that new core rulebook... It has no unit rules in it. 
you don't have the stats for any of your forces. You have to get that from an armory book, which is another paperback book, thinner than the last core rule book, packed full of generic stats for every other faction in the game. With very little flexibility, very little build diversity, it's really pitiful. I mean, it feels like a bolt-on addition, and it's another $50. So for you to play, if, you, if you're not playing Veteran Creek Guardsmen, and you're not playing the Newark Commandos, is $100 to get very bland bolt-on rules for your force that are going to be overwritten in a matter of months. And I think that last bit is the thing that that stinks for me and why I make this suggestion of don't get into it right now, unless you're planning on playing those two other forces. And that is they will release new rules for your armies that will make this $50 purchase null within eight months. Yeah. Like they've already said that that's the release schedule for like new, there's new stuff coming every month for eight months. So why buy the $50 book now when you just wait for your faction to come out? Like, I'm assuming most people who are in the kill team, at least a significant portion of them that haven't already gotten into it, are also players of 40k, which will then just go play 40k while they wait. And if they're new people, they're probably picking up either commandos or veteran guardsmen. Yep, more than likely. And I have a, a slightly differing opinion than Joe that I still think that the rules in the compendium like, the new unit rules are better than the old edition of Kill Team. Like, I think they have a lot more... There's a lot more to do with them. But I think when you compare them to the Orc Commandos and when you compare them to the Veteran Guardsmen, it's just not as good and not as fun, more importantly. And that makes it really hard to suggest that you spend this, like, $50 price for something that you might not even have fun playing against somebody playing Orc Commandos or Veteran Guardsmen. Yeah. You'll probably have fun playing against somebody else who's using stuff out of the compendium, but you're still going to be waiting of, like, where's my toy? Yeah. Like, you're paying to wait for your toy. Like, that kind of sucks. Yeah, you might as well just wait for free. Um, yeah, because, like, it, it, it sucks because if all of this whole Kill Team release was bad, right? If they just bumbled the whole thing... We would we probably wouldn't even make an episode about it. We'd be like, oh, that sucked. Like, well, it's not. Let's not just talk for like forty five yeah. minutes about how if much. If it was truly awful, sucks. it's not worth discussing. We just move on. Yeah, but it genuinely looks like fun. Like it looks like a fun game. But I don't want to sit down with like, say, you pick up or commandos, Joe. Mm -hmm. I don't want to sit down with my town player or commandos and like have like a little nagging voice in my back of my head going. Yeah, he's the one who got all the toys, though. Like, that sucks. Yeah, I got all and the special rules. I got all the special tricks. I got the special, unique characters for every model. Like, while well, you have generic Tau 1 through 5. Yeah, and, like, we've been playing war games for so long that even if we did decide, I want to play Veteran Guardsmen, you want to play Orc Commandos, we'd play it for, like, a couple of games and then drop it until the new stuff comes out because we want to play with the other armies we own. Mm-hmm. That we then can't. And At least not, we that, can't play well. Yeah, and that would ruin what is probably going to be a very fun experience in a few months mm -hmm. for me. Like, I think this has a huge amount of potential to be very, very fun in a game I play very often. But I don't see myself doing it right now 
because if I did it right now, I run the risk of burning myself and making myself kind of not like it. Yeah. Because it, I'm, I would be too critical of it. Yeah. I mean, like, my gramps used to use that old saying that you can't do a first impression more than once. Um, and there's something to that. You, once you have a first impression of a person or a thing, it's stuck that way. You don't get a do-over. And I would hate for someone's first impression for this game to be them coming in and picking up their, I don't know, let's say they play Eldar and pulling their rules out of the little compendium and then going toe-to-toe -to -toe with the new veteran guardsmen and just getting trounced uh, because they feel like they literally don't have the tools to keep up. Um, I think that would be a pretty sour experience, and I would hate for someone to do that and to pay $100 to do that. Yeah, like, that's that's something else I want to touch on real quick. I think that this price point for this game is terrible. I, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase that. It's dog shit. Yeah. Like, let's be completely honest. It's real, like, real bad. It's bad enough that in regular 40K, you have to pay, like, what is it, $60 for a cool rulebook and, like, $50 for your codex. And then if you play Space Marines, you got to pay another $40 for your codex supplement. Uh, well, codexes, I think, are 40 right? Okay, 40 Yeah. Still. Like, and that's, like, you're when you get into 40K, you know you're spending a lot of money. That's okay. But Kill Team is supposed to be, like, general audience kind of mass market appeal release. And you're telling me I have spent $100 to be able to play my Tau Kill Team that I could play with the old rules for 40 That sucks. Although, like, I, if, if the... I do want to point out there, real quickly... That the the price difference is actually zero between 40k and Kill Team now. So you get a core rule book for 40k. It's 60 bucks, right? Like you just said. I'm sorry, John. I yeah. literally just thought of this. You brought it up in my head. 60 bucks for core rule book. It's a hardback, and it's good for a long time. So $60. And then your codex is 40. But it's packed full of flavorful rules for your army. So, and narrative and everything else. So altogether, you're paying $100 to get in and play your full army, full rules, whole nine yards. For Kill Team, you're paying $100, the same price, to play filler, holdover rules with no fluff, no interesting special rules, and for two floppy paperback books. That's pitiful, y'all. That's That's... That's rough. That's real rough. And to me, what makes it worse is that there is the argument out there that in order to play like a real game of 40k, you then need to spend like a couple hundred dollars to get like to get to a 2000 point force. It is more expensive than to get to a full force of kill team mm -hmm. with actual models. Yeah, that's totally fair. fair. But that doesn't excuse making the entry fee for this game so ridiculous. Like, it, it would be completely different if they would have released at the same time this came out. Like, just take the compendium, throw it in the core book, make it 50 bucks. That's fine. Awesome. Or have, like, little slot-ins, like they do for regular 40k, for, like, the troop units you need for Kill Team. Yeah, I know that would require, like, reboxing and stuff, and it's, so it won't happen, but there had to have been a better way than telling your fan base that was playing your game before, whom you haven't been making releases for for like a year, go like a year or two while everyone else has been getting releases, including a whole nother skirmish game for your fantasy setting, and go, 
We're going to scrap. We're going to take out all the elite units that you were using before. We're going to take out the commanders. We're going to go back to base. We're going to rework the whole game. We're going to ask you to come back and play. And if you want to, you got to pay 100 bucks to come back and play. You're asking for people to keep playing the old edition of the game. But you just are. The people who actually liked it are going to keep playing it until they feel the urge to play this. It's just a repeat of Age of Sigmar on a smaller scale. Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right. And it's just a shame. Because even if they didn't want to like make the core book that thick with all the compendium units... Honestly, it wouldn't be that bad, but whatever. Let's say they don't want to deal with it. Make it a free PDF. If I'm buying the core rulebook for 50 bucks, give me the PDF. Just say, or download rules, go to this link on the website. Here you go. Here's your War Scroll cards. Kind of like they do for Age of Sigmar. You know, the thing that GW has already been doing. I know they yes, have the tech. Like, <laughs> just put, like, data sheets on the website to download for free because there's not many for each faction space marines have the most but then you have stuff like eldar that have two like <laughs> if i was play if i was a necron player and there's four data sheets that i use in there for four units and i paid 50 bucks for four data sheets i'd be so mad you that's one page front and back <laughs> like you paid 50 ridiculous. bucks for one page yeah, like even when they did indexes in Eighth Edition, they were like thirty bucks, and they had multiple factions all slapped together. I, but it was entire armies. I think they were less than thirty, even. I think they were twenty. Re regardless, yeah, they were cheap. Like that's essentially what this is for Kill Team, and you're asking for more money from each individual player. So the only way to make that like actual feasible is assuming that you have a group of people that are playing together, and they'll like one buy a guy buys the compendium so that everyone can do it. Like, and then that's not what they want. They want every player to buy the compendium. Or everybody at your club goes piecemeal and everybody puts in like two bucks. And then when you get the book, everybody cuts out the one page that they need for their army. Like that's, that's how you make it worth it. It's the only way to do it. Yeah. Like, and it's, GW's asking for people to do illegal things to get their hands on these rules. If they want to play. Like they're, they're asking for that at this point. I'm not saying that it's right. But that's what people are going to do, because you're not making your rules accessible. And this is a digital age. Tell me why that you are releasing was ostensibly a reworked re-release of, of a game system, of a secondary game, in which you do not have digital support for it. You are releasing a Warhammer Plus service that has all of these things in it, with apps for your, your two flagship games. And you can't bring any sort of digital something to this? Yeah, I don't buy that. Because they already do it. Like, like they just, they already do it. Yeah, just and not here. Like, maybe I'm just being extra critical of GW right now because of all the stuff that's been going on with them not paying their people enough and the IP stuff. But I feel like this is not just a money grab. This is downright disrespectful to a significant amount of their player base. And it just, it's not, it's not cool. Not good. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I feel like we have, just shockingly, uh, like 20 to 30 consistent folks who somehow decide that they want to listen to us week to week. And I feel responsible to try to help y'all spend your hobby dollars in the way that'll give you the most fun. And this like, ain't it, at least not yet. I think if you asked me a year from now, this would probably be super fun. I want like, so we, we have found out that like there are secondary rules writers for GW that are barely making enough money to live in the UK. 
they are making less money. <laughs> They're making so little money that I don't know if they could buy this for, for Kiel. They, they would question buying these two rule books to play this game that they might have worked on. Like, that is pretty bad, considering. Like, I understand it's a luxury product and all that, but think about that. It's rough. Like, what does $100 get you in other games? $100 gets you Gloomhaven. All the rules, all of the the models, an entire board game. Which, by the way, is a hell of a game. If y'all haven't tried it, it's incredible. <laughs> it's yeah, so, so amazing. Yeah, like... And the thing is, is if GW's trying to get $100 from people to play Kill Team, they're going to get it from them anyways. Because nobody's going to go to the store to buy the core rule book for Kill Team if they're new and not buy a box of dudes. Yeah. Nobody's going to go, like, pick up the new edition without also going to buy a thing. Like, Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. 100%. That's just what they would do. Instead, you're telling people, hey, buy these two books and then, like, maybe buy something later. Because I don't know about you guys, but like, if I go to the store, I have like a limit for how much I'm going to buy. And if most of that's getting bought up by buying rule books, I'm just going to go buy something else for my 40k guys forces. I'm not going to buy into your new game, which you've just spent a bunch of money making. Or I'm going to take that money and go buy the starter kit for Conquest, which comes with two starter armies for 90 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> or go buy all of BattleTech. I'm pretty sure a hundred dollars will buy you everything BattleTech has ever made ever. Like. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a bad value proposition. Um, so I recommend y'all wait on this one. Or, you know, somebody bought the book locally. Maybe they could take pictures of your, like, two units and send them to you. Okay, then maybe give it a whirl. Um, but just to go out and buy it, maybe not. This one's a, yeah, a I would, pretty big letdown. Yeah, I would just, I would just wait. I would wait to see what they do. Because, like, it looks fun. I still like GW stuff. So read their books. I still paint their models. I still play their games. Um, but I also remember a time when GW was a very bad company to their player base. Back in like 6th and 7th edition. They were not very good. It was... People jokingly call it the Dark Ages. And it, a lot of ways, was. And I don't want to see it go back to that because it has gotten better. But this like ridiculous prices they keep going up and i know part of it's because of outside of game stuff but some of it is a hundred percent choices being made by gw and i think they're poor ones and this is one of the that, more poor ones yeah they have they have significantly more competition in the market now and they are king on top now but they could become not king on top pretty easily so yeah it it's a niche hobby and uh let me tell you us add plastic addicts have some other stuff we're looking at yeah i was excited to like buy into kill team and start playing it again and maybe play it like all throughout the whole thing and now i'm gonna be waiting and i don't necessarily know if i'm gonna hop on the train later like they're gonna have to really sell me on it like extra hard it's hard to say what anything's gonna look like in a year from now but yeah i don't know maybe we'll have to do another follow-up episode later or, you know, maybe we'll just end up talking about other game systems until our eyes bleed because we can't help ourselves. Yeah. But I think that... I will do, we'll do a follow-up to Kill Team in, like, like sometime next year and be like, did they actually salvage this thing when they bumbled the release? Mm-hmm. But I think... I hope they do. I do, too. I really do. But I think for us, um, we want to pass it off to you guys with asking, you know, did you guys also pass up Kill Team? And if so, was it because of the reasons we said, or maybe we missed some stuff? 
Uh, if we did, please feel free. Reach out. Let us know if you want to talk about it. We're here for you. Um, and if you've got some differing opinions and you're really excited and you really like it, I'm happy for you. Oh, yeah. And if you want to try to convince us, we're open to it. But, I mean, I would hate to rain on anybody's parade. So if you are having yeah. a blast, please ignore everything we just said. Have your blast. Um, for other people who may be passed it up and are looking at other games, you know, we've mentioned some other stuff. If you guys would want us to talk about some other systems, maybe that we're interested in or that you're interested in, but don't really know how to research yourselves, let us know. We're happy to do the research for you and make a whole episode about it, pitch it, why it's fun, what, you know, what's appealing about it, and maybe help you get into that game that you've had your eye on and just didn't get the chance to start. We're always looking for new ideas, so if you have any, please feel free, shout them out to us. We'd love to take them. But for now, that's been all of our opinions. Bonafide Kentucky Fried. We'll see y'all in the next one.